What may seem like a small act to one person might be practically life-saving for another, which is the magic of A Little Help, an organization that builds connections to help older adults and their families. You'll hear how this awesome nonprofit creates win-wins across the community from Metro Denver Director Jake Dresden on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I'm looking forward to a conversation with Jake Dresden, Metro Denver Director of the nonprofit A Little Help, which connects volunteers to help older adults thrive and age well in their homes. Jake comes to A Little Help with close to two decades of experience at Grayland Country Day School, where he most recently served as the Dean of Students and the Secondary School Counselor. Prior to those roles, he taught history and political science, chaired the history department, ran a civil rights trip to the South, and coached and co-chaired the service learning program. That's all. <laughs> In his work at Grayland, Jake was most driven to help kids grow and find their voices as members of a community. Jake will be reaching out to in the community and building relationships with a little help supporters of all kinds, carrying on that great community work. Originally from Philadelphia and having lived in Colorado for the past 30 years, Jake is also an avid outdoorsman and has coached several different youth sports. He and his family have volunteered with a little help for service Saturdays and as snow shovelers for the past seven years. Jake received his BA in history and international affairs from at Colorado College and his master's degree in education and history from the University of Colorado in Boulder. Can't wait to get into all of this. Welcome, Jake. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Well, why don't you introduce us to a little help and tell us a little more about the organization's mission? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with a little help, uh, as Jay said earlier, we're, we're a Colorado-based nonprofit, uh, been around for a little under 20 years, about 18 years, uh, and started uh, as just a small, like many nonprofits, small grassroots organization with the, the sole mission, really, of helping older adults in our communities by connecting them with people that could provide uh, some simple tasks um, and, more importantly, companionship. Um, to keep them connected to their community. Okay. So uh, we were actually called Wash Park Cares back in the day because we started in Washington Park. Actually, the, nice. the founder's home is a block away from where I live. So uh, kind of intimately familiar with the epicenter of where it started and then branched out. And, and we serve now uh, across the state in three different locations. We serve on the Western Slope and primarily in Grand Junction, but wow. also in Northern Colorado focused around Fort Collins, Lovewood and, and Berthoud, as well as the Denver metro area. Fantastic. So, you know, tell me a little bit more about the history, you know, how this has grown now to from just Wash Park to now it's all over the state. You know, how did you come to, to learn about the organization or come to work with it? Yeah, so a little bit about the background. Uh, you know, I, I would love to say that we started this model and came up with the idea, but we can't take full credit for it as much as we would like to. So the the story goes that the founders of A Little Help had traveled to Boston for a visit back in the day, and they had seen this idea in action. And it was um, 
something called a village. And so uh, a village is a term for an organization, a nonprofit organization that connects volunteers to help older adults. And so there are villages all across the country. There's a network called the Village Network. If you Google it, you can find it and you can see where they're located. Um, and so they brought this idea back to Denver and started this little sort of network to help older adults in Washington Park. And then, uh, as you can imagine, uh, the idea had a lot of traction. Uh, you know, every community has older adults that may yep. need just some assistance to, to help them stay in their homes and For sure. uh, stay uh, living their best lives. And so, you know, as we got up and running as a sort of official nonprofit, the demand has always been there. And so it's been our goal to kind of bring this uh, along to as many communities as possible um, and recruit as many volunteers as we can to, to provide those services. So, uh, and then your second part of your question is my connection uh, to the organization is kind of interesting. Uh, as you read in, in the bio before, which I didn't mean to be so extensive, but uh, <laughs> yeah, my background was in education prior yeah to uh, working at a little help. And so I, I was always looking for opportunities to bring service learning to my school at Grayland. Um, and I just so happened to know the the executive direct, longtime executive director of a little help. And so, uh, you know, I'd been a volunteer with my family doing kind of these yearly events called service Saturdays, right. but also helping as a snow shoveler and doing a handful of other things and, and really got to know older adults in my neighborhood. And my wife and kids and I all became friends with them. And, you know, it really, it got to the point where I didn't even consider it volunteering or a task. Ah, it was just awesome. a natural interaction with a person with friends. Right. that made me feel good about myself. And so uh, when the opportunity arose, arose to kind of switch careers, I um, thought it was a good, good space. And I've been here for getting close to four years now. So. Salute. Well, I'd, I'd love to touch on something that you've, mentioned quickly sure that's this notion of um you know companionship and isolation being isolated is a real thing for older adults isn't it yes absolutely so you know and i can we can talk about this later the way our model works is that the older adults that are part of our community and we call them members even though everybody's a member of our community mm -hmm they'll call us and call our staff and when they have a request for, you know, washing windows or walking their dog or help with their iPad or you name it, we can go into all those things a little bit later, but then our volunteers get to self select and pick opportunities to assist. So they can say, you know, all I want to do is gardening. I love to garden. Why don't I help my neighbor garden? Blah, blah, blah. And so in that they make that, that connection. And so the connection to us really is more important than the task. The tasks are important because they save right. our older adults time, money, all the things that they, you know, aren't safety, able to do themselves, right. safety. But realistically, the 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 isolation isn't just about the older adults. It's it's all of us, you know. And so we have a lot of volunteers that say, you know, that's that's really felt good to me because, you know, I don't have a huge network. I just moved here or I lost you know, some relatives or what, ha I mean, there's a thousand different it's reasons why yeah. connection is important for both people. And that's why we intentionally try to blur the lines between who's giving and receiving service. I love that. I so like every, everybody really is benefiting from this. It's true. And, and both sides are. So you guys are almost like, I don't know if clearing house is the right, probably not the right term, but 
for lack of a better one, because I can think of one, you guys are almost a clearinghouse making these connections based on needs in the community, be it from the older adults or the people that want to get connected more. Yeah. And we, we actually, that's really the role that we as staff play is to bring these folks together. And so we have the systems in place to bring people on, whether it be a volunteer or a member, I will tell you, we actually have quite a few people in our community. These are often our best folks that are older adults that are giving and receiving service. So say Joe might be 65 and he recently retired and he can drive people to doctor's appointments, but he's got a bum hip and he can't snow shovel. So we can find him a volunteer, but he pays it forward by taking people to the doctor. Oh, that's a great That Joe, that that person I just made up, really gets it. Right. Both sides of the equation. So um, yeah, it's really important for us to be as inclusive as as possible and, and meet people where they are with what they need. For sure. Yeah, sure. So I would assume if somebody calls you and says, I really want to plug in um, and and help uh, the older adults in my community, that you have a vetting process or a training process, you know, tell me how that all comes together. Sure. And just so you know, this may be a good opportunity to share numbers with you. So yeah. in terms of our older adult reach, we have a little under 2000 people that are wow. older adults that are part of our network. Fantastic. have gone through a full process to become members, which includes kind of introductory phone calls to kind of understand how it works. It's primarily, I should mention, 55 and above. It's not a hard cutoff, but sure. that's primarily who we serve. Um, and then a home visit to just kind of see, you know, what's going on and, and get to understand them a little bit better. And then they can make the phone calls. On the volunteer side, which is what you're originally asking about, we are open to everybody. We have, we have volunteers that have filled out applications that are in middle school. Wow. Like to go out and help people. My, my daughter's included uh, all the way up to volunteers that are in their nineties that can still make a care call or something like that. So that process is fairly painless. It involves an application to kind of find out what you might be interested in and to kind of go over that process and then a background check for everybody sure. that's 18 and above just perfect so we have a level of security yeah. um, and then once that happens uh there's a sort of a multitude of ways for those volunteers to kind of get up to speed and connected we send out a whole suite of training materials especially for people that haven't worked with older adults so they can kind of understand how to do that nice. also how to kind of log into our system to get attached and to pick things because as I mentioned earlier, it's all opt-in. So as a volunteer, we don't say to you, hey Jay, you're a volunteer. Here's the opportunities to take them or leave them. We basically say, here's a login to a portal that has all these cataloged requests that you can filter and browse and say, I just want to give a ride. I just want to help with this. I want to help with that. And you pick and choose. And then when you find something you like, you accept that request and then it shoots you out the member's contact information nice. to protect it beforehand. And then you reach out and say, Hey, I'm Jake or Jay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a little help volunteer. Oh. I signed up to snow shovel for you this season. Tell me more. And then, you know, you go out the time, you know, it, it snows and you, you do the job and you report back to us if there's anything we need to know. Cause you also, you know, you're our eyes and ears with that right. many people. We're not in their homes all the time. Sure. Um, so very, long, could actually, very long-winded answer about how the, that process works. No, I love that. Cause actually it could be like, somebody's like, 
and went and shoveled this guy's driveway, he really could use some help with fill in the blank. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you know, there, there's all sorts of things that we rely on our volunteers to, to share with us. That's awesome. I love that. It could be something about the property that needs attention, but it also could be something socially and emotionally about, you know, I noticed that, that Mary was really, she seemed incredibly lonely. She lost her dog. What have you, could you guys maybe put in a request for her to have a care call or a visit or what have you? That's awesome. We try to, you know, every sort of include everybody in that process of support. I love it because it's very much of it sounds like it's very much of a one-on-one almost kind of thing where which that's really where you can make have such an a great impact. But you know, I learned from our our friend Bob Brockers uh that Colorado is the state with the second fastest population of adults 65 and older. And for the first time, people over 60 outnumber people under 18. So obviously the need for what you guys do is growing correct uh yes yeah. we are we are kind of at a not a tipping point i should say because that sounds apocalyptic but as you just mentioned there colorado is a great place to retire and yep. there are lots of people that live here that may not have family here as well so there's you know there's not always that built-in support system for an older adult who may decide that they want to live here um so yes, the the need is there. So for us, the trick is the just constantly drumbeat of recruiting volunteers and reminding them, you know, we'll take as much or as little as you can provide. There are some volunteers that have very busy lives uh, that can do one or two things a year. That's great. We'll meet you halfway there. We have some volunteers that volunteer three times a week. Our Uber superstar volunteers. You know, that's nice. that's just part of their life. They do it because it fulfills them. And, you know, we need those people. For sure. We need we need all of them to kind of do that. And I should mention, too, you just mentioned, you know, there's a lot of this individual one-to-one mm-hmm. connection. And that's how most of uh, our tasks get done. But we also uh, incorporate and engage lots of groups to come awesome. out. Cor- corporate groups, school groups, faith-based groups, you name it. You got awesome. an organization, you want to volunteer with us, we'll, you know, do a half-day event for you usually yard work, but we also have other projects like kindness kits where people can, you know, make a goodie bag and go deliver it as a surprise. There's all sorts of ways that you can engage as a volunteer, as a group too. Well, I would think another big benefit of this is, and, and, you know, anybody with an aging parent has probably lived this one where you're doing your best to help, but you know, you can't get off work to get your dad to his doctor appointment. So not only does one of your volunteers help your dad by getting him into the appointment, it's a huge help for me now that I know, okay, he's taken care of. I don't have to stress. It's not going to put me under duress at work or anything like that. So it's, you know, what you guys do is having an impact across generations, right? Yes, absolutely. You hit it on the head. Uh, you know, a lot of people that reach out to us are the children of the older adults right. that are looking for just a little extra. Right. They don't want to be divorced. Right. Just give me an afternoon off. But they're, you know, they just need a couple, you know, or, you know, I've got my own yard. Can someone else come take care of it or or just do a little bit? So it's, yeah, it's that reciprocity uh, that just kind of is a thread that goes through the organization and the community that, you know, Uh, and I will say too, uh, you know, a little help is a, 
it, it's an organization that's not very partisan. Everybody has parents that age. It's not right. a controversial right. thing. We right. all are getting older. I'm 51 years old right now. We just talked about earlier how I've had some health issues recently. I'm going to need some help down the road. So yeah. hopefully, you know, I put in my time while I can. Hopefully right. someone's there on the back end to support, you know, and support my kids when they're caring for me. Right. Um, so. So I would I would think that one of the issues here and correct me if I'm wrong, but how often do you run into the part where somebody is is reticent to ask for that help? They're they're an aging adult. It's like, I don't want to be a burden. I can do it. Myself. I don't I don't need or want help when, in fact, they really do. And you guys can help them. Do you run into that much? Sure. I mean, there there's a stigma out there right. that exists uh, for people about asking for help. And, you know, losing independence is one of the more difficult things that we will encounter as humans mm -hmm. at, at any given point in our life for whatever reason. And so to combat that, you know, we we try to be pretty benign about this. It's it's not we're not sort of forcing our way into your home. We're asking you to tell us what you need and when you need it. And some of our members have a lot of needs and they have a request in all the time. Some mm -hmm. of our members have a request. They put in a request every couple of months. Some just rely on, you know, a couple of times a year to have a group come out and rake their leaves and do whatever. We don't want to be a burden or also, you know, force people into, you know, requesting right. help. And we're in, I should mention as well, Jay, our name, you know, it, some people think it's it's catchy. Some people think it's hokey. It's there. It's there on purpose. You know, we we can only provide so much. Right. Volunteers aren't trained electricians or can write your will, you know. But but we do like to refer people out when they ask for something that's beyond our scope. I mean, we say, oh, we work yeah. with these people. They work with older adults. Awesome. Please reach out to them. So that's kind of another service we provide is is that vetting process of other providers and the network that we have of other folks in the aging field that we can, you know, yeah. help our members kind of navigate other things that we don't do. Well, I love it because one of my, my favorite terms is shallow entry points. And this is a very shallow entry point that it's, you know, you're not forcing uh, on both sides. You're not forcing your services on anybody. And from the volunteer standpoint, I'm not getting pushed into something that I don't want to do. So it's a, it's a great shallow entry point, but Tell me what is some advice that you might offer to somebody who's facing these challenges of aging, whether they have an aging parent or they're aging themselves, uh, but might be reluctant to ask for help. What kind of advice would you give now, having been in this world for several years? That's a great question. Uh, I think the first piece of advice that I often give uh, the older adults or the families of the older adults that are needing a little bit more is to educate yourself, first of all, about what's out there, because there are a lot of resources out yeah. there. You know, there are a lot of, of uh, private organizations like ourselves. There are also government, you know, uh, resources. I should mention Dr. Cog, for those people that aren't familiar, Denver Regional Council of Governments uh, has a whole aging uh, program called a AAA Area Agency on Aging that helps people navigate all these resources, they often refer to us, so we'll refer back to them. Um, in terms of a little help, I often tell people that uh, try to gather a diverse 
uh, array of resources because, you know, with a little help, some people go, wow, this is great. Uh, this is all I'm going to use. And then they come to find out, you know, some of our drawbacks is that it's all volunteer based. So we can't right. ensure that every single thing that they put in is going to be picked up. So then I often tell them, use this as part of your portfolio of resources, you know, look for another transportation provider like Via Mobility that serves older adults. They're a great transportation nice. provider. But then, you you know, have us there too. So I, I think, you know, spreading the wealth or spreading the spreading the, the work <laughs> is a great idea. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's that's probably the best advice we can take from, from all this. But you spend a lot of time in the education world. You've got a master's degree. How have those skills and everything you learned in all those years in education, how have those been most helpful to you now? Another great question, Jay. You've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> um, I would honestly say it's probably trite. It's probably cliche, but just the relationship building. Um, it's not trite I mean, at all. Education, it, it, it all boils down to trust. You know, That's as true. a teacher, great you point. need to create a community in your classroom where the kids trust you and, you know, you trust them, it, it, especially at a little help. That's the same thing. Our older adults need to trust that, you know, we're going to listen to them. We hear them. We create, you know, uh, instances where they can receive the help and the same for volunteers. You know, we, it's important for us to listen to our volunteers because, you know, they're the ones that are out there. So they'll come back to us and, we have regular volunteer get-togethers, happy hours, coffee chats, yes. where they'll come and say, hey, this scenario came up. What am I supposed to do? Or, And then that helps us kind of inform us about how right. to change right. direction or, or make sure to communicate clearly. Um, so it really is that relationship building. It, we're, we're huge. We've got almost 4,000 volunteers hey, that's in that's our awesome. network. Um we don't know all those people face to face, but we try our very best to, you know, let them know what's going on and, and open those lines of communication and dialogue in case they need to, to chat with us. So that's um, fantastic. Sorry, that's not a great answer, but it's, that's a, that's a strong answer. I appreciate well it. Well found relationships. Yeah, of course. And, you know, what is it that, that really energizes you about this work and, and excites you about the future of a little help? Well, I, I, I mean, the future of a little help is extremely strong just because the demand is there. Um, yeah. You know, for us, it's all about uh, bringing on more people that can that can help. Mm -hmm. So for those listeners out there, please consider looking at our website. It's so painless to get started. And it's not I'm not going to bother you if you only do one or two things a year. You may have to, you know, read my monthly email. <laughs> You can delete that if you want. Um, for me, what really energizes me is hearing people on both sides talk about how meaningful this can be to them, you know, um, because on so sometimes, you know, you think a task that we're, we're asking people to change a light bulb, you know, uh, rake some leaves, take right. people to the grocery store can be on the surface kind of tedious or mundane. But then when you couple it with I, I helped somebody that really needed right. that help. Uh, and it made me feel good about myself. That to me is what keeps all of us, I think, going here. And then getting the the sort of anecdotal letters in the mail from, from Betty, who lives in Littleton, who said, no one's paid attention to me for six months. And I had this group come out for three hours. 
and make my backyard look pretty again. That is is huge. And it, it may seem like it's not, uh, you know, a life altering experience, but for them it is. And it yeah. can. And, and that connection too, like you're saying. So you just drive somebody to the storm back, but just the connection you make and the human touch there that's involved. Um, yeah, you know, I, like, I will like say, say not that, to believe this, well every, every once in a while we'll get a request for, for something so, I don't even know what the right word is, cute. That's not task oriented. We had, uh, and I'm hoping to go out and do this myself. We had a, a, a woman call that said that uh, she wanted someone to take her husband out fishing because he loves fishing, but he can't go on his own. And then another woman called and said, I want someone to take me to a raucous, funny movie. Uh, so not everything is is like sort of just, ta it's just can be, we had a group that used to go out for ice cream, three women and had a volunteer that would take them out to ice cream once a week in the summer. And so, you know, it can also be just fun, pure fun. And super meaningful at the same time. I love yes, it. Absolutely. So we'll change gears a little bit here as we wind down. And one thing I always love to ask people is what's something you will read, listen to, or watch today? Ooh, today. Oh boy. Well, I'll probably help my daughters with their homework. Being a back former in, teacher, back in school. Yep. yeah, my my older daughter was asking me. She's taking AP World History. Oh, God bless her! It, it got me back into my my role as a history teacher. That's right. Uh, what will I read? I'm a I'm a avid crossword puzzler and Wordle, so nice. that that puts me to sleep at night. So that's <laughs> good. Uh, what will I watch? Who knows? You probably don't want to hear that answer. So <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> Just something meaningless, probably a, a you know a YouTube clip of a favorite musician for five minutes. That yeah. somehow gets me go. That gets me going. I'm you know in a rut or something. I'll just listen to music. Yeah. So, so who has been a role model for you uh, in your career and in this work you're doing with a little help? Um, yeah, I don't want to pander to my family, but uh, <laughs> actually, my parents. That's a great, I love that answer. Yeah, uh, mostly my both of my parents were educators and heads of schools, mm. um, so I, I got I great lessons from them about you know how to act and behave in, in that setting and and why it was important. Um, but also, you know, just they're both eighty; they live back east on their own, um, and and how they're still being independent, but they're able to ask for help. Um, so. I kind of look at them and, you know, view them as models for where I would like myself to be. And I would like all people to be at that stage of life, not having to go. I should mention, you know, one of the things we really want to do is not have our members have to go to assisted living before they right. want or need right. to for a variety of reasons, economic, social, emotional, all that yeah. stuff. And you can stay in your home and you're happy there. We want to keep you there. Definitely makes yep. a huge difference for sure. Yeah. So other than a little help, is there an organization out there that you really admire the work they're doing or want to give a shout out to? Oh boy, there are so there really are so many. Um, you know, I haven't had a chance to do much with them lately, but I, I really love the work that Volunteers for Outdoor Colorado provides. Um, and I get a daily reminder because their office is right there in, in Washington ah. Park. So I walk by them every day, but I just... I think it's a, a cool thing to to grab big groups of people and go out and you know protect our 
our natural lands because you know we have so many folks living here um these days and the the backcountry is getting a lot of More coming a lot of use so look up volunteers for outdoor colorado great organization great people awesome my last one if anybody listening wants to volunteer wants to support learn more about a little help what's the best way to find you the easiest way is just our website uh uh, it's just a littlehelp.org. There's come radio buttons at the top. It's uh, you know you can click right into a volunteer application, but you can also see more of what we do and how we do it. Um, like I said, it is incredibly important for us to be volunteer friendly and you know make experience worthwhile for people in whatever terms they want to do. Um, and people can reach out to me directly. I think I mentioned to you earlier we're not a huge staff. We're a, just a local nonprofit that happens to be doing what I think is meaningful work. But, uh, you know, you can reach out to me at jake at a little help.org and, you know, ask any question you want. And uh, we can go from there. Hopefully you'll be uh, compelled to, to join our community. Awesome. I love it. We'll put all that in the show notes. Jake, I appreciate your time. I would encourage anybody to do it. One of my favorite sayings that I think applies perfectly here is if you volunteer, be careful, the life you change might be your own which I would assuming is what happens to a lot of your volunteers is it changes their lives. I love as it much as, as much as the people that they're helping, but keep up the great work. You know, I'll be rooting for you. Thanks Jay. Real, really appreciative. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Jake for his work to build a better community through a little help. This podcast has been brought to you by JC charity services. Running a nonprofit is hard and I'd love to bolster your efforts and help you thrive. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about how you can volunteer and support A Little Help, visit their website at www.alittlehelp.org. Check the show notes for links, and if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.